Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Today we're going to spend a little bit of time on Montana State and the upcoming game against Northern Arizona and Case Cookus and uh, a bit of a banged up secondary, which is maybe the only sort of problem area right now for Montana State, uh, certainly defensively, and uh, what that will mean for this matchup. So we'll get into some of that stuff. We also are going to have... Tim Walsh, the head coach of Cal Poly. Yesterday, we had Bruce Barnum from Portland State. Today, we have Tim Walsh. Tomorrow, we will have uh, uh, Coach Dan Hawkins from UC Davis. So we're getting trying to get as many coaches as we can here as we head into conference play on the show. Dan Hawkins actually joined us Friday. Jay Hill oh, Friday, will be on. Me. Jay Hill, head coach of Weber State, will be on tomorrow as Ooh. well. Man, so it's a, a good lot lineup. Of, a lot of good stuff coming. Yep. Um, uh, Big conference play is upon us. So we wanted to make the rounds and just get the general feel. And as you heard yesterday, Bruce Barnum, one of the biggest crackups in the league. He is hilarious. He missed the interview. Go check it out on the Gotta podcast. You can you find it at 1029ESPN.com. Uh, Radley Corkin left the studio yesterday to go to do his Cackers volleyball game on SWX, and then he texted me this morning, and all he said was, smoothies! <laughs> and then, then the next text all it said was, voodoo donuts! <laughs> so those are portions of uh, Bruce Barnum. He lightheartedly throws a lot of shade at both Montana schools and everybody else in the league, but it's, uh, it's hilarious comedy. But then today, Tim Walsh, uh, now officially the godfather of the Big Sky Conference. He started out at Portland State. He was there for 10-plus seasons. Now he's been at Cal Poly for, uh, do the math, now this is his 11th season. So he's been coaching the Big Sky for 20-plus years. And with no Jerome Sowers in the league, no Mike Kramer in the league currently, it's Tim Walsh that's been around the block more than any the other longest. coach. So it'll be yeah. great to hear just his perspective on the way the league has evolved. And then you have... Arguably the best two coaches in the league, Dan Hawkins and Jay Hill, outside of the state of Montana, 
joining us throughout the week. So this has been a fun series already. Big Sky Conference play upon us, and it's, it'll be great just continuing to preview all the action. Uh, we also uh, today at uh, uh, 520, or excuse me, at about 5 o'clock or so, we'll see when we get it in here, but uh, the ESPN Roundtable, our series continues this time with the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, Tom Wistersill. So we talked to him extensively uh, about all kinds of things from, you know, the unbalanced schedule to uh, what it's like being a commissioner. He's in Chicago at Commissioner uh, Days. Can I call it Commissioner Days? Uh, anyway, a bunch of meetings with all the commissioners. Uh, I, think they call it, I think they call them summits. Summits? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, can't have it can't be days it's gotta be summits anyhow uh we'll uh so we'll bring that to you as well and of course it's wednesday so it's a wing it wednesday so we got some trivia for you uh and uh, we got some big sky conference geography based trivia which is some of my favorite kind of trivia thank you very much see if we can get you some wings to the uh, Desperado Sports Tavern. So there you go. There's our show outlook. It's brought to us by MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Go online now. Get an estimate. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Uh, Coulter, let's talk about the Montana State Bobcats and their matchup this week with uh, uh, Northern Arizona and Case Cookus in particular. And Case Cookus, the most veteran player in the league or one of tied for the most veteran player in the league in his sixth season and uh, got, you know, he redshirted, got a medical redshirt as well. He's been injured a couple of different times that were season ending injuries. I mean, was it two, two red shirts or like a gray shirt, a medical shirt? Well, she also, so, so he has one of the most fascinating eligibilities I've ever seen because Case Cookus, when he graduated from Thousand Oaks High School in California, just north of L.A., he did not go anywhere for school, so his clock didn't start. He was a high school receiver, if you can believe that. I can, actually. I mean, he, look at him. Well, right, he's, he's tall and long. Six, five, big hands, sure. Right, but he's he's kind of goofy when he runs, and he'd be the first one to tell you that. But it, it just given how well he spins it, you'd never expect that he hasn't been a quarterback his whole life. He's always been playing quarterback his whole life. I think he actually was probably like a guy who played quarterback all the way through JV and then got beat out by some Pac-12 recruit. Mm-hmm. But he ends up at Ventura Junior College. He doesn't start playing then until that spring. So he doesn't actually participate in any game. So his eligibility still doesn't start, but he starts practicing with the team. At that time, Steve Mushegian was the head coach at Ventura College. Folks that have followed the Big Sky for a long time, they know Steve Mushegian preceded Marshall Spurbeck at Sac State. So three Sac State head coaches ago was Steve Mushegian. Steve Mushegian was a huge get for Sac State when they got him because he was formerly the wide receivers coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. He was the guy that brought... Chad Johnson and T.J. Hushmanzada to fame. Mm. He was their mentor. Then he goes to Sac State and was largely mediocre, but then he ends resurfaces at Ventura College, and he's helped a lot of guys move on. Well, in the meantime, Northern Arizona thinks that they're getting uh, a graduate transfer from Texas who then leaves them high and dry and ends up going to Virginia. And Jerome Sowers is left high and dry. He's got a guy who he's had as a starting quarterback for nine months all through the offseason and then right until the first day before fall camp. And then this guy bolts on him, goes to Virginia. He's got nobody. So he calls up Mashegi and says, you've got any junior college guys who we could get into school late. And he said, dude, I got this guy who technically gray-shirted last year, so his eligibility hasn't even started. And this kid can absolutely spin it. So they bring him into northern Arizona. And then Tim Plow, former NAU offensive coordinator who's now at UC Davis, who we'll get into that connection in a little in a minute, starts working his magic. And then all of a sudden, Case Cook gets those 37 touchdowns against five interceptions as a freshman. He's the Jerry Rice Award winner. He's the national freshman of the year. And Jerome Sowers is thinking, well, what, what did I inherit? 
and NAU was knocking on the door of the playoffs that year, and it looked like their future was absolutely shining bright with Emmanuel Butler in the fold and you know, Elijah Marks and a whole bunch of other skill guys. That creature, as uh, that creature, as Jeff Joe called him, and uh, yeah, and then Cookus, third game of the year, his next year fractures his collarbone. Then the following year, he battles some nagging injuries, but he does make it through the season. But he had a couple different places that cost him some games. Namely, when he got ejected at Montana for targeting. Mm-hmm. But then last year, same injury, collarbone, broken. So he only played three games his technically second year at NAU. He only played four games last year. So because of all this, because his clock didn't start till later, and because of these two injuries, now he's been out of high school for seven years, even though he's now playing what he hopes is his fourth year while then getting multiple registers and a gray shirt in the middle of it. It's the most... It's the most complicated eligibility of any player I've ever seen. Yeah, that is uh, fairly complicated. Thank you for taking us all the way through it. Jeff Choate on Case Cookies, because when Brooks, my brother, asked him this, Jeff Choate just started laughing. And the question was, what's it like preparing for a guy who's going on his seventh year of college football? He's seen it all. It's like, you know, I mean, the second he gets there, if you're going to press him into the boundary, they're going to convert the route, and it's like it's going to be bombs over Baghdad, for crying out loud. I mean, when we went down there two years ago, everybody's, I mean, we went for two at the end of the game. I don't know if you guys would remember what had happened, but we had, Tyrell Thomas did not travel. Jalen got, Cole got ejected uh, for a targeting call in the third quarter. And from that point on, it was launch, and he either got a PI or they got a 25-yard gain or more. And I swear, I think that's part of their deal. Is just keep throwing deep shots because in this league, you're going to get PIs. So, you, you know, they're averaging three pass interferences against the opponent a game on those almost 10 shots a game that they're taking. And they're completing those at a pretty high level. And so, um, yeah, it's, I mean, the guy just, there's no mystery for the guy. I mean, you can, you can try to disguise your coverage. He's going to find the hole in the zone. You know, if you're playing zone, he's just going to pick you apart and take what you give you. If you want to press him and, uh, and take your shot, I mean, he throws a, the best ball the guy throws is a deep ball. He throws a beautiful deep ball. Puts a lot of air underneath it. Lets his receivers adjust to it. They do a nice job of what we call saving the box down the sideline so they can adjust and fade away uh, from the defender. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be a challenge for sure. We're going to have to score some points because they are. They're averaging 40 points a game. So there you go. Uh, Jeff Choate uh, talking about Case Cookus and, and what type of player he is. Now, uh, one one quickly from the man who brought us this. That's for losers. Is a stat. Oh. Whoops. Now, how does that happen? Things get moved around. You got you got a little trigger. Yeah, I mean, there. I mean, I don't know. I start pushing buttons. I love the sounder. You know what I mean? You put it in there, it gets you all fired up. Uh, we'll, we'll bring you we'll bring you Jeff Choate's stat here in just a moment. But Coulter, when you talk about the <laughs> matchups that he's got on the back end, you got three pass interference calls for every ten deep shots they're taking. And then that doesn't even include then the completed passes, which you got to figure are probably two, three or so there. There is no reason to ever not just throw the ball deep. You just throw it deep 70 times a game because you're you're converting first downs, three out of 10. Guess what? 30% means you keep moving the chains, plus the conversions that you're making of actual receptions. I mean, I suppose you have to mix it up at some point, but Case Cook is, again, Probably the best in the Big Sky Conference at throwing that deep ball, whether it's a deep fade, deep down the middle. And with the absence of Munchie Filer, a couple other injuries that Montana State has, has had to deal with, the one spot where they are thin is at that cornerback spot, and that is going to be 
tested more than probably by anybody in this game on Saturday. Montana State, when Jeff Choate first arrived, he said, here's what we, we have to re-fortify our defensive front, we have to re-fortify our offensive line, and we have to recruit way more aggressive man coverage-style corners. At that time, Gerald, Gerald Alexander was a secondary coach. Gerald Alexander had just recently retired from the NFL, played for the Detroit, Detroit Lions for seven years, former Boise State standout who was an All-American there at Boise State before becoming a second-round draft pick. But he broke his neck. He broke a vertebrae in his neck, and that ended his NFL career abruptly. And Jeff Choate had just gotten the Montana State job, so he brings in Gerald Alexander, and that was Gerald Alexander's first full-time coaching job. And Gerald Alexander proceeds to then go land Jalen Cole, who at the time was considered the number one recruit that was coming to the FCS level. He was a three-star guy out of Matter Day High School who uh, was on everybody's radar. You know, one of the top 20 corners in the state of California, which is saying something because that's a, the place that produces the most D1 corners of any state in the country. And um, he also landed Tyrell Thomas from St. John Bosco Prep, who mm-hmm. at the time was the Prep National Champions. Those guys walk on a campus, and they're day one starters. They, they're ready to roll. Well, as this thing plays out, Jalen Cole suffers a brutal neck injury against the University of Montana. He's still waiting for clearance. His career is completely in limbo. They have not included him on the active roster or part of the program, but they also haven't deemed him a medical hardship and kept him on scholarship. They're going to wait until this next spring to see where that's at. But as of right now, he is unavailable for this year. Carol Thomas has really struggled with his health, both from an illness standpoint. He's a California kid, and he really just couldn't acclimate to the cold. And he told me, man, I got this bad cold that then turned into some sort of like bronchitis or slash pneumonia and he's never been able to really get healthy from it and then he pulls his hamstring and he hurts his foot and the whole thing has just been kind of a mess and he talked all about to me in the offseason the way he's trying to take care of himself but he still doesn't seem 100 percent well then you also add munchie filer before last year he's the best cover guy in the entire league he's out he has some sort of wrist or elbow deal he's been wearing a sling they expect him back this season, but that doesn't help you when you're going against NAU. And then Ty Okada, who's their starting nickelback, he's been out as well. He suffered a, an injury the last week of fall camp, so they've been completely shorthanded. And I think that then that is why Jeff Choate was so grumpy on Monday. Maybe because so. I think he knows that the matchup itself is not advantageous when you're talking about the team that throws the ball down the field more than anybody in the country going against a depleted secondary. Okay, well, I don't know what the stat is, but Jeff Choate's going to tell us what it is. Here you go. Here's a stat, okay? They have taken downfield shots 49 times in four games. So right around 10 times a game, they're going to launch. And uh, it does not matter what the score is, this team is never out of the game because they're one play away every single time. There you go. Stats are for losers, yet stats are also important at times. And that's, you know, pretty interesting one, all things considered. You take it, you know, <laughs> take it take it from Jeff Choate. You talk about the fact that Northern Arizona has a new coaching staff for the first time since 1998. But when you ask Jeff Choate and you ask other coaches around the league, what do you notice that's different? They all say when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, nothing. Nothing. Right. This is the offense that they started running with Case Cookus back in 2015. And when he goes out and throws 37 touchdowns as a freshman, you'd be dumb to not stick with it. He's the second leading passer in the country at the FCS level, like 1,277 yards behind only Eric Barrier. So, yeah, probably do stick with that offense. And so then when Tim Plow moves on from Northern Arizona to UC Davis, 
they just promoted from within. They named Aaron Flugrad the offensive coordinator, and then they named Robin Flugrad, former University of Montana head coach, as the tight ends coach. So those guys have the spread principles, but this is more than just the spread because these guys, like Jeff Schultz said, they throw bombs. They throw the ball down the field. And mm-hmm. Case Cook is that's his best ability, his ability to stretch the field to deep ball. So Montana State's pass rush is tremendous. Montana State's run game on offense right now is the best in the league. They're going to have to figure out, though, how to not get gashed because they were getting gashed last week against Norfolk State. And Juwan Carter's a nice player. He ain't Case Cookus. Daquan Edwards, the receiver for Norfolk State, he's a nice player. He is not Brandon Porter. Brandon Porter is arguably the fastest player in the Big Sky Conference. He's one of at least. He's in there with you know the guys at Montana, Montana State, Jerry Lou McGee, Gabe Sulser, Troy Anderson. Brandon Porter is up there. With those guys. The other thing that they're going to have to watch for is that Brandon Porter, although he plays wide receiver, has already thrown six touchdowns in his career. They played him at quarterback for two games last year when they were just decimated at the position, but he's also thrown four touchdowns on wide receiver reverse passes. So when you're used to getting, or when you're when you're trying to prevent the shots down the field, and then all of a sudden they run a backside jet sweep, you better have your head on a swivel because this guy, he threw a 55-yard touchdown two weeks ago. So he could throw the ball down the field, too. Montana State, they're just going to have to be cognizant of it. They're going to have to be locked in in that element of the game. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. The one thing that might work, uh, you know, might work, does work for Montana State in their in their favor when you talk about stuff like this, the one thing you do have to have if you're going to throw the ball down the field is at least a little bit of time. Uh, and Montana State has right now the single most prolific sacker in the country in Bryce Sterk. They uh, are second in the big sky as a team in terms of total sacks uh, on the season and obviously getting pressure uh, early and often <coughs> excuse me to case cook is is going to be uh, a huge key for this team on saturday do you think that they're going to be able to do it because that is the one thing to throw a deep ball you got to have you got to have a, a, a second back there just for no other reason to get your wide receivers down the field Totally. I mean, it's such a symbiotic relationship, right? If you cover more, you're going to get a better pass rush. If you get a better pass rush, it's going to be easier to cover. Which comes first, the chicken or the egg? That's right. the question that needs to be answered. But when you watch Montana State's film, Bryce Dirk's got eight and a half sacks right now. He leads the nation in sacks. He's tearing it up. But the defensive line has eight and a half sacks. I mean, the defensive line has 12 sacks. 
And it's because it, exactly how we predicted. Armandre Williams coming over from the University of Washington, now playing the buck end. Now you can't double either edge. And if you line Troy Anderson up over Bryce Sterk on the edge, now, now Montana State advantage all day because now you really can't double team. And even if you have a running back chipping, you still got three one-on-ones with your three most physically gifted players. Then you talk about Derek Marks moving to the inside. Derek Marks is not going to be the future NFL Defensive Player of the Year, but Derek Marks is the Aaron Donald of the FCS. He's a really undersized guy. He's 6'1", 260, so he doesn't look like the typical D-tackle. His ability to win one-on-ones and beat double teams on the inside, though, gives Montessi an absolutely distinct advantage. And when you watch the film, it's like last week. Somebody asked Sterk, and Sterk, you know, he's a very humble, aw-shucks type of kid. But also, he someone asked him, you know, tell me about your sacks. And he goes, well, I'll be straight up honest with you guys. I stole all three sacks from Amandre. Mm. Amandre Williams won every time. The quarterback just got flushed into me, and I got the sack. But in reality, I was the second guy that got home. Amandre was the one doing all the work. And that's that's where you have a fearsome unit is when you do that. And so that's going to be another key matchup because Montana State, they, they're going to have a tough time covering on the perimeter unless they get some reinforcements here. But can, but can they mitigate that flood with – than flooding Northern Arizona's backfield with the talented players they have on their front line. It's two tell Nuwanis, one two nine ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Tim Walsh, head coach of uh, Cal Poly, coming up with us here in about ten minutes. Coulter, let's flip this, the other side of the ball. Contrast the guy who's been semi college ish for seven years playing quarterback to the guy who played quarterback for the first time. Uh, this season as a starter on on last Saturday and has only two other starts under his belt in relief and didn't even win the job coming out of camp, but now does have the job, and that's Tucker Rovig for Montana State. The bigger question, actually, than who's playing quarterback to me is the health of Troy Anderson and Isaiah Ifonse. That said, what do you expect out of Tucker Rovig on Saturday, and how do you expect Montana State to to try and deal with with, with the NAU defense. NAU, they, we talk about this all the time, the diversity of offenses in this league, it causes for you to, you have to pick what you're going to emphasize. You can't do it all. Are you going to be the team that is the fearsome pass rushing team like Montana State has evolved into? Are you going to be the team that has everybody's head spinning by the diversity of all the craziness of your schemes like Montana? NAU they went all in on having the defense to match the offense. When they decided to go spread and throw the ball down the field and try to score 40 points per game, they built in a defense that was prioritized on speed and playmaking ability. They wanted to take the ball away. And under Andy Thompson in the last two years, they did it at a higher level than anybody in the league. The unfortunate part for NAU, the reason that they that Jerome Sowers ends up getting forced out, the reason they don't make the playoffs the last two years is they puked the ball all over the field. They led the league in takeaways each of the last two years and also led the country in turnovers each of the last two years. They had 25 takeaways last year, and they were minus five in the turnover margin. That's, That's how you go five and six. So taking care of the ball will be huge for them, obviously. But I'm just so interested to see if they still have a priority on that ball-hawking defense because if you do, then you match up pretty darn well with – Sacramento State and Eastern Washington and UC Davis and even this year Montana. You don't match up well with a team like Montana State that wants to run quarterback power and inside zone. Montana State's had a field day rushing the ball the last two times these teams have played. It'll be interesting to see how Northern Arizona's defense looks and in turn let's be honest, Tucker Rovig's not going to save the day here. Tucker Rovig could be mighty fine, just solid. He could be good enough. 
but he's not going to go win you the game. He could lose it for you. He's probably not going to win it for you because what they're going to try to do is just run the ball down NAU's throat. How does NAU stop it? We'll see. We mentioned this on the Big Sky Breakdown earlier today, but Jalen Gross, reporting right now from the Arizona Daily Sun, reports are that Jalen Gross has been removed from the roster. He's NAU's best defensive lineman. He is one of the best interior defensive linemen in the conference. He was a preseason all-league guy. He's not on the roster. Don't know what the status is. But if he's not there, that's a huge advantage Montana State because their run game is what they're going to lean on offensively. Uh, Montana State, an 11.5-point favorite in this football game. If you would like to hear more about the lines of this and all the other games of the Big Sky Conference, we got great news for you. Today, we are launching FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. It is, and that's actually what I said it on. We've done a lot of podcasts. We've done, today. we, we, uh, FCS Speculators, what I said that on originally. You are forgiven because uh, we have been in the studio hard at it uh, all day long. Uh, and so, uh, but we're excited for this. It's going to be uh, up and available on all your podcasting platforms uh, soon. If you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at 1029 ESPN, uh, we will have the links for you there and you can you know begin to follow it and listen to it. Uh, but it's fun. It's a fun way to talk about football uh, through the gaming side of things and, uh, and sort of gauge what we think is going to happen on the over-unders and the lines and so forth. But for what it's worth, uh, Montana State, a, a heavy favorite. In fact, the the most favored Big Sky team in a game uh, this weekend is Montana State at home versus NAU, which is somewhat surprising to me only because NAU is far from the worst team in the Big Sky Conference. I mean, they are, uh, they could be, I mean, I think they have a, in a best case scenario, they could be the fifth best team in the Big Sky Conference. I don't think they're probably that good, uh, but I think that they're, you know, certainly middle. Uh, uh, to upper middle, and so the fact that they that the Montana State is that big a favorite maybe shows what people think about the Cats this year, but they're going to have to go prove it. I think so much of it comes off of the national rankings from this last week. Mm. NAU just lost by two touchdowns to number 15 Illinois State. Now they're playing number 7 Montana State, so I think that the prognosticators just say, okay, they're playing a team that's ranked eight spots higher in the polls. They just lost by two scores. They're going to go to a hostile environment in Bozeman, Montana, Everything's just different, though, in conference play. 100%. Because it all comes down to matchups. That's what I'm saying is I do think across the board Montana State's a better team than Northern Arizona, but this matchup is tough because NAU is going to be able to attack the Cats' biggest weakness in this game. And the other thing, too, is he's got a first-year head coach in Chris Ball. And even though, you know, Jeff Choate has a history with him, he says he considers him a friend, they've exchanged notes and so forth and so on, um... You don't know, even though the offense is the same, you don't know what that team's going to do and that what he's been saving maybe in his back pocket for conference play and, and that kind of deal. So I think that there's uh, definitely some unknowns and some stuff. You're going to have to be ready to make some in-game adjustments if you're Montana State. Well, so much of offensive play calling now is about deception, and that's the one thing that you could say about Northern Arizona is they aren't deceptive. They just try to play fast, and they take advantage of what they do well. And I think that actually ironically makes them more dangerous. Mm. Because it's not necessarily about how they're going to trick you. It's just about how they're going to beat you. Right. They're going to chuck the ball. And if you if you don't knock the ball down, it's either pass interference or it's six. And that's that's how they score 40 points per game. I'm going to take a quick break. On the other side, Tim Walsh, the head coach of uh, Portland, uh, excuse me, of uh, Cal Poly. And he is uh, the longest now tenured coach in the Big Sky Conference uh, there at, uh, uh, at Cal Poly, between Cal Poly and uh, uh Portland State, right? Portland State, yep. He was at Portland State from 1993 to 2006, been at Cal Poly since 2009. So uh, a guy who's who's seen it all, runs the triple option over there, and uh, is uh, always an interesting guy to talk to as well. So our, our 
coaches conversation. We'll continue uh, right after this. Hey, October 10th, okay, that's a Thursday evening. Come spend the evening with me, okay? And if you don't like me, that's okay. Just do it for a good cause, the Watson Children's Shelter. We're going to have a tennis pro-am auction, auctioning off pro tennis players for a tennis tournament to be carried out the next three days from Friday through Sunday. This is going to be a great time, a really great idea. The Watson Children's Shelter did this last year. It was a great success, so they're going to build on it this year. A ton of fun finding uh, 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 for a great cause. You go out there to the barn on Mullen, okay? You know where that is over by the Ranch Club? 6 till 9.30 p.m. on Thursday, October 10th. You go out there, you bring your checkbook, you get the player that you want, okay? You bid them up, her up, and you get the player that you want, and then you go out and you try and win a tennis tournament. I mean, how how great is that going to be on Friday? There's going to be a tennis clinic that's open to the public. There's a pro doubles exhibition, which is open to the public. And then on Saturday and Sunday, you got the actual tournament itself, full breakfast bar on Saturday and Sunday, lunch on Saturday, refreshments and snacks throughout, and a VIP hosted party for you and a guest on Saturday night. So everybody who gets a pro and is able to, uh, you know, be the highest bidder is going to be involved in all this stuff. So it's going to be an absolute blast. Go online to watsonchildrenshelter.org, watsonchildrenshelter.org for more info and tickets. And uh, I'll be there emceeing this thing. I'll be auctioning the people off to you, okay? So we'll go down there. We'll have a good time together and uh, and do it for, for a really, really important uh, and vital uh, uh, piece of, of, of infrastructure in our community uh, for the kids, the Watson Children's Shelter. And online, again, watsonchildrenshelter.org. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon. Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Sports Center. That's some sports news for you that uh, Coulter's got for you here this afternoon. If I can find it, we well, for- you can find it, Coulter. I mean, you wrote it, you read it, you did the whole thing. We were all ready to go with this thing, and then all of a sudden it turns around on you, and you're like, well, I don't know what's going on here. And we can, we can try to pin it. There we go. Montana State senior Evie Wilson made the most of her last appearance at Dahlberg Arena, recording a match-high 13 kills to guide the Bobcats to a Cat Grizz sweep over Montana on Tuesday. The Cat Grizz victory moves MSU to 1-0 in Big Sky Conference play. Wilson hit 429 as MSU out-hit UM 362-182. to Amethyst Harper led Montana with nine kills. In high school news, Loyola Sacred Heart Athletic Director Eric Stang released a statement on Monday evening that he has resigned from the position. Stang later told the Missoulian that he was 
filling in the position during a transition period after former athletic director Mac Rochi left for a job in the summer at Whitefish. Stang is not a teacher at Loyola and was filling in just as the AD. And finally, Montana State's Camilla Noe is the Big Sky Conference cross-country female athlete of the week. The weekly award marks, marks just the second time in the last 15 years a Bobcat woman has claimed the weekly award. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Love having the opportunity to talk to coaches of the Big Sky Conference, especially when they've seen as much as Tim Walsh has and when we're headed into conference play. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Great to be with you here on this Wednesday afternoon. We're broadcasting live from the Chris Polaris Studios. Chris Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, and online at KurtzPolaris.com. We go now to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in the head coach of the Cal Poly Mustang football team, Tim Walsh. Coach Walsh, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate it. How are you? Always. Always good to talk to you and look forward to getting started in the big sky. Well, we we are excited to be getting started in the Big Sky as well. What makes the Big Sky such an interesting conference? I mean, you've been around the Big Sky longer than anybody now that's in the coaching ranks of the Big Sky. What do you? What makes the Big Sky unique to you? Well, I think even when it was eight teams, I mean, you know, you know, nine teams, it was so competitive, uh, week in and week out, and it was pretty diverse in what people were doing. And I think it stayed diverse in what people are doing offensively and defensively. But people are still scoring points. That's been the common factor and the common thread, and it has become, in my opinion, ultra-competitive. Uh, I think all the way through it, from Teams 1 through Team 13 on any given week. You know, I mean, even the year a couple years ago, I hate to talk about it, when we had a bad year, we played some really tough games against some really good teams. I mean, mm. Weaver State beat us 20-14. to 14. Southern Utah won the championship and beat us 20-14. to 14. Uh, We were in games, and we just couldn't find ways to win them. Uh, and I think that uh, that's what makes the conference so good is that each week, regardless of where you are, you have the opportunity to beat a, a very a quality football team and really turn your season into something that can be positive. There was several uh, different men that were in this league for a really long time, uh, namely Mike Kramer, Jerome Sowers, uh, each of those guys 20-plus years in the Big Sky Conference, but they're not around anymore. But now Dan Hawkins back into the Big Sky Conference. I know he was a guy that you crossed paths with earlier on in your career. But now you're kind of the godfather of the league, having been in the league on and off since 1993 for the majority of the last 25-plus years. Well, first of all, what's it like being kind of the, the dawn of the league right now? But also, what, how have you seen the league just evolve over that time, that time span? Well, there's no offense. You've seen a lot of coaches come and go for various reasons. A lot of great football coaches that have had the opportunity to move on, and that's a good thing. And a lot of other coaches that have decided maybe to end their careers where they were. Uh, and with that to happen, the influx of new blood and new philosophies and some really good young coaches. I mean, I really have a lot of respect for the guys that are in the league right now and what they're trying to accomplish. Montana State, uh, you know, I think Jeff Choke does a great job. Obviously, I think Troy Taylor is a great fit for Sacramento State. Uh, obviously, Hawks doing a great job at UC Davis, uh, and then you go down, you know, at Eastern Washington. And I think however it got Coach Best, the guy that played there for Coach Kramer and and played there for Coach Wolf and the guys when they were in their glory days as well, and continuing the traditions that they've had. Uh, I, I think it's really an interesting dynamic. And then you you bring back uh, Coach Houck at Montana, and I think that uh, this league right now is probably in its comp- most competitive state that it's ever been in, and that has a lot to do with the coaches and the 
their fire to, to get their programs to be the best pro, one of the best programs in the country. Coach, you, this is a kind of an interesting year where you can do a 12-game schedule this year, and you guys uh, played three games in the non-conference and then had a bye week last week heading into this. First of all, was that by design to, to do that, to get the extra week off? And what does that do to set you up as you head for Southern Utah this weekend? Well, I think it, it was twofold. I mean, number one, we were already playing six away games, and we didn't want to play seven away games. That was part of it. And sometimes we have difficulty finding out-of-conference games that want to come to San Luis Obispo because the travel could be difficult uh, if you're not chartering. So uh, once we decided that we weren't going to play, unless we could play at home, we weren't going to play a 12th game. And, uh, you know, I think it could have an impact on us. I mean, if we go 7-4 uh, and four and somebody else goes 8-4, and four, that 8-4 and four team might get in the playoffs unless we beat them along the way, you know, and I think that that could be a, a factor that we're not fired up about. I wasn't excited about the first week of school having to be last week going on the road again. Uh, we were already had three. We were already going to do three in a row, and I didn't want to do four in a row. Uh, so uh, that week came at a good time, too. We played an extremely competitive first three weeks at the University of San Diego, and then Weber State, who's physical, and then an Oregon State team that I think offensively for sure is better than people think. You mentioned the Weber State matchup. That's been something that's been sort of commonplace in the Big Sky since the league expanded with the addition of Cal Poly, Southern Utah, North Dakota, and UC Davis in 2012. Big Sky teams allowed to play other Big Sky teams in non-conference games. And it's a necessity a lot of times because there's hardly any FCS teams out west. If you want to play a West Coast team and you're on the West Coast like Cal Poly, if, if you can't get San Diego to play you, you kind of have to go schedule a, another Big Sky team. But what was that dynamic like playing a, you know, not only a conference, <laughs> not playing not only yeah. a conference foe, but also a top ten team at your second week of the season in a non-conference game? Well, let's put it this way: number one, I didn't mention Jay Hill either. I think Jay Hill does a tremendous job at Weber State. Some of the things that are happening there are incredible, and I really think he's got a chance this year to go away if they can stay healthy, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But they're extremely well coached and I have a lot of respect for Jay but and I don't have any no disrespect meant to the people that preceded him but when we signed that deal to play him two years out of conference we had just beaten him 49 and nothing and I thought well that's yeah I said we get Weaver State home and home I said take it <laughs> so we took it Jay Hill comes in and we beat him this first year and then the next three years I mean he's been pretty darn good and uh, so that program's turned around quite a bit so I wasn't expecting uh, the last two years to play a team that was going to finish in the top 10 each year, and they're going to again this year. Uh, they're that good. But it's a great test for us, and uh, we do like to play the best football we can play. So we got in the Weaver State maybe at the wrong time, but I think it's going to make us a better better team long run by playing uh, that quality of an opponent. We were teasing Jay Hill at the Big Sky kickoff. We said, your guys, your Weaver State players that you bring to this thing, they could not wear their jerseys, and we'd still know they're from Weaver State because they're just so big and strong. And there's a lot of big and strong guys that show up at that thing, but they've brought a couple tremendous physical specimens the last couple years. How much of that is a part of their success, just the physical makeup of the guys he's able to recruit? Well, and especially, I mean, in both both styles of play, offensively, I mean, you know, they're not necessarily the flashiest team, flashiest team offensively. They're kind of a grinded, you know, don't make mistake, and they're big and they're strong. And then defensively, I mean, no, they, they, they ran in against us at least eight different defensive linemen that all could have started here. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And they all looked the part when they run on the field, and everybody talks about who's got the best defensive line on the West Coast. I, you know, I get it that Utah's probably it, but I don't think that Weber State's far behind them. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that they're that good on the, the defensive front, and they look the part, like you just said. I mean, they walk in and, in their uniforms, they fill their uniforms up pretty good, and 
not sloppy looking. It's muscular looking. So I think it's had a lot to do with their successes. Probably what they've done in the offseason and in the weight room and create the mentality that they have uh, in their program about how they win games with special teams, great defense, and a rugged offense that's going to score 24 to 30 points. And they're not going to allow you to do that. Tim Walsh joining us. He's the head coach of Cal Poly. Cal Poly at Cedar City to open up Big Sky Conference play uh, against Southern Utah. And Coach, uh, you graduate one of the great running backs in, in the history of the Big Sky Conference and Joe Prothrow uh, uh, this past season. And, and you know, you run a, a triple option. And it seems like you always got somebody who's coming down there from Brown to, to Prothrow and so forth. You've had some great ones come through. But particularly a guy like that, how do you replace, you know, a, a guy who was just as good as he was and, and such a, a, an important uh, a piece for you for, for several years? Well, obviously there's some positions on our offense that are difficult to, re- to recruit to. That's one that's not because uh, we recruit big tailbacks out of high school. So there, these yeah. are high school guys like Joe that were used getting the ball 30 and 35 times in high school and wanted to do the same thing in college. And, you know, Zooey Trans Sampson is the guy that's getting the opportunity now, but there's guys behind him that, that are really good players too. So over the years that Joe has been there, we were able to stockpile that from a guy that's a senior now all the way down to a guy that's a freshman now that we think are really good football players. They're a little bit, they're all a little bit different, which, you know, Dusty Frampton is a true freshman from St. Mary's High School in, in uh Stockton, California, he led the state in rushing when he was a, and we think that he has the ability to be a lot like Joe. He's really just a big tailback. Zooey, on the other hand, is more of a tail. I mean, he's the fastest of the bunch. I mean, he ran 21.9 in the 200 in high school. I mean, he's 6'1", 6'2", and 217 pounds. He probably couldn't run that now because he's put on about 15 pounds, but he's still a step faster than maybe we've had there in the past. So uh, it's been a position that we think has been easy to recruit to because they know they're going to get the football and have the opportunity to rush for a thousand yards each and every year that they start. Jaleel Hamner, he was the uh, Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Week the first week out. Uh, your quarterback now, you guys have had some transition there too, going from Chris Brown to Dan O'Graves to Khalil Jenkins, and now a new guy there with Jaleel. Uh, tell us about his skill set because just looking at your statistics and watching you guys a little bit, it seems like he can throw the ball a little bit as well. Well, I mean, he's got a guy to throw it to. I mean, J.J. Kotsky, I mean, big people are saying I mean, every team has already been here. I mean, most of the guys have graded the fourth or fifth round draft choice, and he is that good. Uh, you know, we played Oregon State You know, after the game. They said, well, we knew he was good. We didn't know he was that good, and he is that good. So he's got a target to throw to, and Quentin Harrison on the other side of him has improved tremendously too, and then Jalen has some talent as well. So I think that uh, – Jalen won a battle of three guys, and it was extremely close. All three of those guys since spring football got equal repetitions within maybe 10 snaps of each other all the way through that time. And we just felt he won it because he kind of possesses something that we look for in that position, and that's kind of the, the, the other factors other than uh, just the athletic factors, which they all have, or the, uh, the ability to throw it or the ability to run it or whatever it might be. He's kind of got the it factor, and he's able to deal with the ups and downs of that position and the leadership that goes with it very well. So we're extremely excited. I mean, his ceiling is large. I mean, he's nowhere near what he's going to be. Uh, I, I really think as the season progresses, you're going to see a bigger, better, uh, more confident player as the year gets going. And uh, hopefully it happens again this Saturday and give us a great start. But in the next three or four years, you're going to hear a lot about Jalen Hamlin. Coach, uh, in, in a day and age where the proliferation, especially offensively, is just really kind of blossomed across college football and you have, you know, the air raid stuff and the RPO stuff and all, all kinds of different things going, 
you, of course, have been running the triple option, uh, you know, forever there, Cal Poly. What is it about that style, even though you are incorporating some more throwing and so forth, like you say, what is it about the triple option that just works for you and works at Cal Poly? Well, I think the thing at Cal Poly that really we don't, you know, because of our academic standards and we just really recruit the state of California, uh, you know, so when we use our academic pool, what we can get in the school, I mean, no offense to everybody else in the conference, I mean, Probably 85% of the players we play against, we can't even say hi to in the recruiting process right. uh, because of the academic standards. So our academic standards shrink really drastically. It means it shrinks our pool down. And then you add to it that you have the Ivy League recruit in California, you have the academies recruit in California, and the big four in Stanford, Cal, UCLA, and, and USC that are all going to take, you know, so our pool shrinks pretty big. So we don't need to be six foot six and 315 pounds. We can play with Six foot one and six foot two offensive linemen that are really good football players, but everybody passes on them because maybe they don't pass the eyeball test. And we've had a lot of great ones, and that's kind of what we've built the program on: are those kind of guys that are tough, kind of have a chip on their shoulder because they thought they were good enough to play maybe other places. We were able to get them, and the same goes with our slot back position. And you don't have to be; it doesn't have to be a six foot one, two hundred fifteen pound guy that can do it and down in and down out. We can play with smaller, quicker, tougher dudes that kind of have that academy mentality. So that has a lot to do with why we run what we run. And uh, I think we've had success on offense. I think that, you know, I think that it is getting tougher and being in a conference where you play everybody every year and they kind of get the beat on you and they see how other people defend you. And that makes it a little bit more difficult to be as efficient as you want to be. So we are always going to be constant in, in changing the mode, but we're never going to lose our identity that we are a supply that's going to be the identity we have, and, and that, that helps the pass game, and that helps some of the other run game things that we do outside of the box. Tim Walsh, longtime coach at Cal Poly, joining us, and Tim will get you out of here on this. Last year, the Big Sky Conference breaks through with four teams in the FCS playoffs, including three that are in first-round buys and seeds. It seems as if now the Big Sky, like you said, it's been competitive forever, but now it's really back in terms of national recognition. And, and if you were to add Montana to the fold now, with them being a top-20 team, as competitive as ever, as you and your team and the rest of the league kick off Big Sky Conference play on Saturday, what's going to be the key factor to navigating this league competitive as it is? Well, I think there's already been a lot of surprises. I mean, how many people thought Eastern Washington would be where they are right now with right. the amount of returning players that they had? I mean, that's that's incredible to me. I think that UC Davis is obviously. I knew they everybody knew they would be good again this year, and they are good. I do think that you know they got North Dakota State at the right time. I mean, they graduated a lot of guys from last year's team, so a lot of guys that started a lot of years in a row. So you got some guys that are still in their growth pattern, probably at North Dakota State. And uh, that's how they've been good year in and year out. And I think that Davis showed, you know, everybody in the country that, you know, the big sky is for real by how well they played them. And they really had a chance to win. I, I watched that game streamed. I mean, they had a chance to win that football game. You know, so it's unfortunate uh, for our conference that maybe they didn't, but it still made a great showing for our conference kind of help with playoff time. And, and you know, and, and this is no offense to the rest of the conference champions, but conference champions that get in, if you're really going to select the best 24 teams, there probably should be six from the Missouri Valley, and there probably should be six from the Big Sky. No doubt. Right? And I know that's not going to happen, but in reality, that's what should happen. If you really want to have a tournament of the best 24 teams in the country, uh, that's how many teams probably are good enough to continue to play uh, once they get through their leagues. I mean, our league right now, by the time you get through our I mean, I, this year, the way it's looking, I don't know, six and two, be a pretty good record maybe. You know, and I think that that's the part that you got to shoot for is, 
six and two and be well enough respected by what you did in your preseason schedule that it gives you an opportunity to continue to, to continue to play. I mean, I couldn't really right now. If you had to pick who was going to be the conference champion, I mean, going in, I would have said Eastern Washington and Weber State. You know, probably were my top two picks. But the way Montana State's playing, Montana's playing well. Obviously, D.C. Davis is playing extremely well. And I'm telling you, the dark horse right now, in my opinion, is Sacramento State. Yep, yeah. So uh, they are really good on defense. And they've been their two losses are to two competitive teams. And I think there's a bunch of unknown teams. And we might be one of them. I think Portland State might be unknown. And Idaho obviously woke some people up with the way they played on Saturday. So uh, I just think this conference, uh, you know, you've you got Case Cook is down at NAU. I mean, there's, you go through every team. <laughs> right. Who's going to win it? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. It's going to be staying healthy. It's going to have a lot to do with it. You better win at home and find a way to at least split on the road. If you can go 2-2 two and two on the road and go 4-0 and oh at home, you got a great chance to be in the mix at the end of the year. And I think that that's, well, that's what our goal is, is you got to find a way to win games on the road and then you got to protect your house. And if you can do that, then you have an opportunity to continue to play in, in late November and December. Well, Coach, we certainly appreciate the time. Best of luck this weekend at, at Southern Utah. And for folks in our neck of the woods, Montana State, the weekend after that uh, in Cal Poly, in San Luis Obispo. So uh, big start for you to the start of the season. We really appreciate yeah. your time, though, and being with us. Yeah, we got to bring your surfboards and stuff. It's supposed to be in the 80s on October 5th. So. <laughs> I'm into that. Beautiful you know? day at the ocean. Should be a beautiful day at the ocean. <laughs> Tim Walsh, head coach of the Cal Poly Mustangs football team. Great to have Coach Walsh on with us. I uh, really appreciate that. And and there's a guy who knows. I mean, when you talk about when he starts laying out the Big Sky Conference for you and the way the way you know it goes and it's you know ebbs and flows and 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 uh, you know the serpentine route that is always taken by any team to get to the end of the year. Nobody's lived it more than that guy right there talking about it. So uh, we, we appreciate that. That's good stuff. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, you want to get some wings? Huh? You want to go over to the Desperado Sports Tavern, get yourself some wings? Give us a call right now. 329-1899, 329-1899, the phone number. You give us a call. We'll get you some wings set up from the Desperado right after this. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. If it matters to Missoula, it matters to us. Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez on 102.9 ESPN Radio.
Watch some wings. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83, and Celia online at KurtzPolaris.com. Uh, Coulter, you ready with your questions here, my man? Let's get you going in here. It is, you know uh, it. Let's go to the phones. We welcome in Rourke to the show. Rourke, you there? How you doing? I'm here. I'm doing fine. How you doing? Doing excellent, Rourke. Thanks for asking. We appreciate that. Here's the deal, my friend. You got three questions coming to you from Colton Nuanas. You get all three of them, you get yourself a basket of wings and a shirt from the Desperado Sports Tavern. If you miss one of them, you're still going to get the wings, and I mean, that is what you came for after all. If you need help on any one of these, I'll do my best. I am your lifeline, all right? You are my lifeline. Okay. Oyster chicken wings would really hit the Let's spot. Rock and roll. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Tell me likey. Tell me want wingy. All right, here we go. Uh, question number one for Rourke. Coulter, what do you got? All right, Rourke, number one. Who is the last Big Sky Conference school to win the FCS National Championship? The last? The last one. Uh, boy, that had to be Eastern Washington, wasn't it? Eastern Washington, 2010. Very good. Since then, James Madison, the only school not named North Dakota State to win the FCS <laughs> National Championship. Right. What a run. Seven out of the last eight years. In fact, the last time James Madison beat NDSU in the 2016 semifinals, before that, the previous last time North Dakota State lost in the FCS playoffs was when Eastern Washington beat them in that thriller in Cheney to then advance to the National Championship game, and then they went on to win that National Championship game. All right, Rourke, you got one. One down, one to one to go for wings. One down, two to go for wings and a shirt. And you still have your lifeline. So number two, with 123 career victories, this former Montana defensive coordinator and longtime Northern Arizona head coach retired last year as the all-time leader in Big Sky Conference history in victories. Name that head coach. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> Being from Bozeman, you know, I've already forgotten everything about him. <laughs> I love it. Remember, you do have a lifeline, and Brian usually does, the, Brian usually doesn't know my questions, but uh, yeah, I think he knows this one. Yeah, I think uh, for the long time and racking up the victories, Jerome Sowers would be my guess uh, on that one, who just uh, finished up last season at NAU. Jerome Sowers is correct. Two for two. Wings are yours. All right. Very good. Very right. good, Rourke. Okay. Uh, and also very good me. Okay, very I good, Ryan. Self love, you know. Well, I, you know, it always it always worries me if there's something that I talk about all the time on the show, and then I ask a question about it, and you don't know the answer because no then it's like, man, he doesn't even listen to a word I say. Well, uh, well, I don't. That's true. <laughs> uh, all right, something gets through for the shirt. There, uh, Eastern Washington is the last team to win the FCS national title. But give me one other school besides Eastern Washington and Montana. We know Montana's won multiple national championships. But there's been several other Big Sky Conference schools that have won either Division One AA, what FCS was previously called, or FCS National Championships. Now, now, to be fair about this question, there's been several national championships won at schools like when Montana State won the 1976 National Championship, that was a Division Two National Championship. The Division One AA, the FCS, which is what we know now, was created in 1978. So from 1978 on, give me one school other than Eastern Washington or Montana to win the FCS National Championship. Well, as a about an eighth or ninth grader, I went to every single game that year, including throwing snowballs at Rhode Island hens or chickens or whatever they are. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that would be Montana State. 
Montana State is correct. 1984, the Bobcats win the national championship. Rourke, great job. Congratulations. You're getting wings of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, as well as a Despo T-shirt. Just give your information to David in the back. Go enjoy yourself at the Despo. Excellently done, right. Rourke. I appreciate it. Hey, and I would like to throw this out to the, the Grizzly fans out there. Oh, boy. Here uh, the we week go. Before last, the week before last, I walked through there for the uh, silver and maroon game with a Montana State sweatshirt on and went to the game. And I had a great response from pretty much everybody there, so great fans. Very good. Very good. I like I to hear that. That is good, you know? It's got it. You got to have a little edge. Obviously, you got to say something when you see somebody with the other sh- color shirt on. But yeah. you got to have some fun and be respectful about it, right? Enjoy each other, and that's the point of it. It wouldn't be. It yep. would not be nearly as fun if there wasn't the other one, right? That's a fact. Nope. It was a good game and good response from your fans. Well, right. And- I'm almost I'm almost a Grizz fan now since I live here. So <laughs> there, there you go, Rourke. Well, hey, appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for the call. Thanks for listening and enjoy the wings. Okay. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. You got it. There you go. That's how you do that. Guess to tell. It's easy. There has been two other national championships won by Big Sky Conference schools since the institution of the FCS. Can you name mm. either one? Mm, 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 mm. Uh, did Idaho win one? Idaho never did. Idaho stalled out in the semifinals three separate times between Dennis Erickson and John L. Smith. Um. Well, I mean, let's go Weber. Weber State has never won one. Weber State, Weber State, you have to remember, never made the playoffs until 2008-2009 under Ron McBride, and then these last three playoff appearances, only the third through fifth in their program's history. That's how great, That's how good of a job Jay Hill's done. Uh, let's go, uh, Northern, Ari- uh, Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona's never won the FCS. Let's go Northern North Dakota. Dakota. Nope. Uh, let's go, uh, Cal Poly. Nope. Cal Poly is not. Portland State. Nope. How are we doing so far? Uh, these are the Things two that have won it. Were, one was a charter member of the Big Sky. The other one is no longer in the Big Sky. Oh, well, that makes it harder, doesn't it? Yep. Uh, Boise State. Boise State, 1980, the national champions under Jim Kreiner, the Bronx won the third ever FCS national championship. And Idaho State won one. Didn't Idaho they? State yeah. in 1981. So in <laughs> the, the institution of the, the FCS, the institution of the Division One AA was, as it was known, 1978. Boise State won in 80. Idaho State won in 81. Montana State won in 84. So the Big Sky absolutely dominated this level of football that small period of time, and then not another national championship victory until Montana in 95. Then the Grizz again in 2001. Then Eastern Washington most recently 2010. Very good. Hour one in the books. On the other side, Tom Wistersill, the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, are in our ESPN roundtable. Coulter, it's football season. People are traveling around. They need a place to stay. You're going to Missoula for a Grizz game. Maybe you just need a place to have a conference for your business or just a fun place to take the kids. You go to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Tell them about it. Wingate by Wyndham, something that has something to offer for everybody, whether it is uh, a place to host a birthday party, you want to take the kids to the pool, you want to use the water slide. If you need to hold a business conference in town or you're coming from out of town and you need to host a business conference or if you're just coming into town for a Grizz game, homecoming's coming up two weeks from now. The Grizz will be back from UC Davis. They'll be playing Idaho State. If you need somewhere for yourself to stay, your friends to stay, your family to stay, Wingate by, Wing, Wingate by Wyndham has you covered. Out by the Missoula Airport, the parking ample and free. The service second to none. Come let the Wingate by Wyndham make you feel at home even when you're not... 
Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 